Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode 36 of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. And Adam, I've never asked you this before, so this is a little bit groundbreaking, but life, what do you think of it? It's, it's a bit of a dead leg game, wouldn't you say? I think that's, that's, one, that's one way of saying it, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I, I, I was going to say nice segue, but you know, it wasn't really a segue. Um, but it yeah. also wasn't nice. Do you, know, do you know what else is a deadly game? Mm, what's that? Basing your whole pay per view around the big boss man. I but, feel like I'm going to have a few things to apologise for as we go, but you know, we'll see. Listen, you play, you play deadly games and you wait to see what the results are. <laughs> and this time, this time I feel it paid off for for Vince Russo and and company. But uh, we'll, we'll get there. Get, we'll get into it. So we're discussing the nineteen ninety eight Survivor series. We um we never managed to get round to this point in time in nineteen ninety eight when we did our 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 oh, little yeah. adventure of nineteen ninety eight. So it was nice to nice to visit it, nice to come back, visit an old yeah. friend. Yeah. Um and this was your choice. This was my choice. I feel like I was on a really good run, and then, well, maybe, well, yeah, mixed bag, yeah. Well, no, I, I, I'll, I'll be straight up. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. So awesome. So awesome. Um, before we, before we get into it, let's talk about when this happened, November nineteen ninety eight. Um, normally, I like to to tell you about some some interesting things that happened, but. There's not much happened in November 1998. It was pretty dry as far as interesting things going on, but <sighs> I've got a couple of things. And, of course, we've got the music as well. So, I'll, I'll, Once you're done, I'll tell you a personal one. That, that'll oh. fill the void. Nice. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we should do this for every pay-per-view we do. Get a little personal anecdote from you. Yeah, it's easy for this one. might be tougher for other ones, but, yeah, well, we can try. Okay. So we'll start on a... Negative note. Um, 51-year-old giant haystacks passed away in November 1998. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see that he was only 51. I, I don't really remember giant haystacks, but I'm sure he's a, like a bit of a UK wrestling legend. Yeah, I'm surprised he was as young as that in 98. Mm. Um, okay. On a more positive note, Dennis Rodman and, and Carmen Electra tied the knot. Yeah, good, good for them. Okay. They, 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 they deserved each other. Uh, yeah, I, I don't mm. know. Mm. Um, film premieres. We've talked about such big film premieres coming out when we've talked about pay per views before. Jurassic Park. We've talked about. We've talked about Avengers films. Shakespeare in Love premiered. Okay. In November nineteen eighty. Went on to win Best Picture Oscar, I believe. Um, I'm sure it's a great film. Never seen it. I've so, never seen it either. Nah, no, no, nah, no. We're more Jurassic Park kind of guys. Yeah, absolutely. Proud uh, of it too. Aye, absolutely. So, yeah, before I, before I do our UK and US number ones, do you want to hit me with your personal November okay. 98 anecdote? So, n- November 1998, I, I turned 18 and uh, I was on a night out with uh, with some of my pals from college in Kirkcaldy. And uh, I voluntarily climbed into a shopping trolley, which one of them then, uh, it could have been accidental, could have been deliberate, don't know, lost control of. 
and it went down a couple of steps. But one of the steps was quite deep. So as it went down that step, it uh, toppled over. So I, I, I took a tumble in the trolley. Now, it probably would have hurt like hell, but I, I'd, I'd had, I was very relaxed at that point in the night. So, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really feel an awful lot. I would be a bit, wee bit sore the next day. But, yeah, I, I took a tumble in a shopping trolley. Nice. I'm picturing the scene from uh, The Untouchables, where the baby's pram goes down the stairs in slow motion. Yeah, I mean, a little less, probably a little less dramatic, because um, I think I was I was always going to be relatively okay, but it did it did topple over. So yeah, yeah, taking bumps, Foley style. Yeah. <laughs> so um, here we go. Are you going to guess for me this this time? UK number one and US number one. Um, yeah, you're you're eighteen, in the prime of your life. You must remember. What was going on? I, I like I, I worry I've been here before because I was thinking we're I'm, I'm thinking things like just maybe just like after Britpop had faded because I think that was maybe a little bit gone by this point. But yeah, uh, hmm. But then there would be some proper bands around. But then there would also be some boy bands and girl bands and stuff like that. Oh no! Oh, it's, it's, it's none of this. All the clues. I'm getting so many clues. Could it be? Something like dance or <laughs> Nah, you're gonna have to tell me. Okay, well UK number one was share with Believe. Okay. Oh, that, oh with all the autotune. Okay. Yep. Inspired a generation of rappers. And yeah. um US number one was Lauren Hill do what that thing. I, I wanna say that's been number one before when we've That's it. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd remember it. It was it, she was huge, wasn't she, with that sort mm. of debut album? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was another song from that or something like that. But yeah, I, I, I remember that. I remember both songs. I have to say, you're a big share fan. Who isn't? So uh, hey, well, indeed. So there we go. A bit, a bit um, anticlimactic. But do you know what's not bit... anticlimactic? This tournament to decide the new WWF heavyweight champion. Right. Shall we get now, into it? We can. I did do a little bit of digging beforehand because I was thinking, how did the title become vacant? Okay. And I'm not sure if you've also looked into this. Um, so you can basically correct me if I get any of this wrong because I, I remember writing some notes and then thinking ah, I'll just kind of wing half of it <laughs> um, but yeah it, it would seem that the title was vacated largely due to this whole McMahon, Austin, Undertaker and Kane situation um, there was a triple threat a, a breakdown I want to say yep. where uh, Kane and Undertaker weren't allowed to pin each other in the rules um, but they simultaneously pin Austin so there is no one champion off the back of that um, I have I have memories of this uh, what happened on Raw I think straight after that which was McMahon holding a title ceremony where he was going to name the new champion and there's I think there's all these like security around or something like that and uh, Austin uh, managing to did he jump over people or something like that to basically get to McMahon and, uh, and give him a little bit of a um, I, I, I go in over um, 
And McMahon is is angry at Undertaker and Kane for failing to protect him. Uh, so as this is where I, it lost me a little bit as I was reading up on it. So as a punishment, uh, he keeps the title vacant, um, sets up a title match between Undertaker and Kane for Judgment Day. Who I- so I reckon, I reckon I lost you. I think. So, you, so you, sorry, because I lost you there for a second. You were talking about what happened after Raw. And, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So um, there's a, a, a anger uh, by McMahon that uh, Kane and Undertaker didn't help protect him and the title. So he orders them to face each other um, for the title. I think they're aligned at this point, so they don't particularly want to be going up against each other. Uh, but Austin is named as a special guest ref, and he will be fired if he doesn't count the fall and raise the hand of the winner. Yeah. Um, so in this match, Austin attacks Kane and Undertaker, uh, counts them both out before declaring himself the winner and the new champ. And uh, McMahon follows through on his promise to fire Austin. Um, we then, I think, go to the, the Raw where Austin holds McMahon at gunpoint. Yeah, um, bang three sixteen, and McMahon pisses himself. Uh, and Austin has a bit of paper. I don't. I, I think is it maybe Shane that signed it. I think that comes up later on. Um, so uh, yeah, it's a fake gun. Uh, it just has the word bang, um, and it's a five-year contract for Austin on that bit of paper that guarantees him a title shot. Um, Undertaker and Kane are going to have buys to the second round uh, in the tournament. Uh, where they will face each other, um, and yeah, I think that that pretty much brings us to to the event. Beautifully summed up, well played. Thanks. Um, Shane playing babyface, splitting off from his dad. I don't know if Shane was on. Was it was, was Shane on TV before this? I think so. Uh, I don't know how prominently, um, but I think so. Um, and he obviously, as we get into, it, he plays quite a prominent role in the the end of this whole tournament yeah um, let's before let's talk about that deadly game theme I can't get it out of my head I literally can't get it out of my head every time I think of this pay-per-view I just think this goddamn song Jim Johnson you you, you I don't know what is it, is it supposed to be a good thing when something like that gets stuck in your head it probably is um, I don't but know. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um it's definitely one that that sort of sticks with you. I think just the whole well, if ever I think this pay per view, I think a deadly game as opposed to Survivor Series. It's a very mm-hmm. different Survivor Series yeah. to what we're used to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes tournaments I find um can get a little bit repetitive. Certainly, King of the Rings. Sometimes I, I think I like the idea of them, and then you watch them, and you're just a bit like again. Again, again. So. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, it's I, I, I'm the same. I like the idea of them, and then when you get into the, the reality of them, and so often you'll have either a match with a, an actual contender and a nobody, or two guys that are basically just you, you've just got to get through it, and then they're going to be fodder for somebody later on in the tournament. And every single tournament we've watched, and we've watched a few, um, there's always a match that uh, doesn't happen to, to clear a path or give a bit of storyline for, for things like that but it's a good thing because there would just be far too many matches and there's a hell of a lot of matches on this card 
there is, and, and you remarked on it, you said to me something like, is there a match that goes over four minutes? <laughs> and I think, like, it, it works. You know, like, it doesn't, <laughs> there, there are, there's no matches overstay their welcomes. Um, let's sort of, let's, let's, let's start, and let's start with, with Mankind, and we get, I think we get a pretty much, we get a little video package, um, and I'm so, it's just so funny seeing a video package where it's hyping a tournament for a title, and it's got Al Snow, and Jeff Jarrett in it. Uh, it's quite funny. Bossman. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bossman had so many chances, but we'll get into that. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I was. I, I must have been watching during this era because I, I remember a lot of it quite well. But this must be right, right when the like the Stooges are pretty prominent for Vince as well. So we've got Patterson and Briscoe are part of this, but then so Slaughter, he he's quite involved. He's he's in and around. Um, and at this point in time as well, Vince is. I can't remember what injury it was. He's he's, he's being wheeled about uh, in a wheelchair. Ironside. Why is he in <laughs> a motorised wheelchair? But he's got Patterson pushing him about. Oh, that's, what, that's funny. And, uh, it's very clear early on that um, mankind is uh, is a man that he would be Vince would be happy with uh, seeing win this tournament, seeing making his champion. Um, he even goes with a wee. He's doing some intros, Vince, for for this opening match, and uh, I think he does a one false step for man, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind, like um, and then we're gonna have Vince talking up mankind's mystery opponent. Yes, yes, <laughs> and he gives him quite the introduction. Talks about him having records in WWF before he tried his hand in. The WCW or whatever it was, McMahon <laughs> does. Uh, yeah, so so very first match, mankind's mystery opponent is Dwayne Gill. Yeah, first yeah, it's like the Pasadena Tigers, the man, the myth. <laughs> this must have been before they made him into this Gilberg yeah. comedy mocking Goldberg character. Um, but yeah, he says things like uh, charismatic. Uh, a win-loss record that sets new standards, <laughs> uh, and uh, natural athlete. Yeah, it's. And then I think this must be the first time that they do it time and time again. He gets a little fright because he gets a little pyro on his his entrance that scares him. That's no, good, pure comedy. Uh, and mankind is wrestling in a tuxedo, and he's had a haircut and I think a beard trim, yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think I've got it written in my notes further on, but it's pretty much set out for the star that he's playing this sort of like good natured simpleton sort of character yeah and like, it's odd perfectly. because he, he um, I think we're used to him being this sort of unhinged sort of character but it, it kind of you know he's he's kind of a heel by association here because you can separate what he is getting out of this from what he believes is like this father-son relationship with Vince. And I think he calls him dad at a point. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, but he, he almost, even though he's, he's in a kind of a heel role, he's, it's really sympathetic in a way because it's it's almost like this is happening to him rather than him making all this happen. Uh, it's kind of like your poor sod, you don't realise what's going on. Yeah. When, um, when Vince is reeling off all these accolades about Gilberg, and he's sat at the side of the ring. Uh, Foley appears, sort of behind him, hanging through the second ropes, kind of like a chilling with dad sort of vibe as well. 
brilliant. You do, you're right. Brilliant. You feel bad for him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's fair for us to talk, you know, like previous, certainly the last pay-per-view we looked at was that NXT pay-per-view New Orleans, and we're talking about five-star matches and that. We're not going to get this. Yeah. So it's uh, a different kind of show. Yeah. 100%. It's, you know, when, um, you know, we take the piss and, and McMahon says we make movies here and all that sort of stuff. This... Mm-hmm. This has to be looked at like sort of across the piece, like you're watching a a full thing rather as taking individual little bits and pieces. And I think as a full thing, it all works. Um, yeah. If you're sitting critiquing each match, then you're going to think it's dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think but that's fair. How it works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is like a two second match. Yeah. Poor, poor Dwayne Gills fed to the wolves. Double arm DDT, and it's over. Yeah. Although Mankind does do like an amateur wrestling roll-up, which I quite liked. It's really random. JR's quite intrigued by it. I don't think I've ever seen him do anything like that. It's, it, it made it funny. I don't know, with that, the ease of which he's won the match, he's gone for that kind of cover. Yeah, yeah made it funny. So that's Mankind progress to the next round. Um, we go to some footage of... Jacqueline, who at this point is our WWF Women's Champion, um, attacking Sable in the ring with a, a bit of help from Mark Merrow, who they, they two seem to be aligned. And uh, quite cringe uh, inducing. JR describes it as a drive-by like manoeuvre, which is. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's nothing drive-by. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's setting us up for. Bit, you know, like the the big match on this card, Jacqueline versus Sable. Yeah. So, there, uh, so from, from there we go to our our next first round match, which is Double J Jeff Jarrett with Deborah McMichael, who I think is relatively newly signed uh, yeah. to the company and aligned with Jeff Jarrett. Was she was she with Jeff Jarrett in WCW? I'm not actually Are sure. I don't know. Before? I know that Jarrett was briefly part of the Horsemen and she was associated with the Horsemen, but then that was probably well. McMichael was in them. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, He's taken on Al Snow. Do you notice King is still quite raging about Al Snow being in the WWF throughout this match? Yeah, it comes across pretty clearly. (laughs) He's still bitter. Um, (laughs) And it's at this point that I first noticed says a lot about this match. I first noticed in the front row, there's three guys dressed as Kane, Mankind and Goldust. Yes. Did you notice? Yeah, I did. I don't think I noticed them during this match. The, the guy dressed as Goldust keeps doing the... Thing. <laughs> yeah. you have to, you'd have to commit to the part if you're doing yeah, it. He really does. He's class. <laughs> um, I was watching it with my son and he was like, there's Kane! I was like, what? Where? <laughs> oh, aye, so it is. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, I don't have many notes for this. I, I, I go, I've pretty much went, oh yeah, there's Kane Goldust Mankind in the front row. And then I went straight to the finish. Yeah, I think I've, I've got. Jeff gives Al Head is one of the things that I've got. Yeah. I've got a couple of bits and pieces, you know, okay. they've got. Al Snow actually gets a really good reaction from the crowd. And if you remember way back from when we, we looked at some of the ECW stuff, like especially that main event he was in with Shane Douglas, like the, 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 the oh, crowd were him. so into Al Snow. Yeah. Um, 
uh, they, they sort of talk about the fact, which will become clearer reason for later, that Head is wearing Socko as a as a headband. Um, and there's there's some little bits and pieces of, of wrestling breaking out here. It's uh, it's not a classic, but it was fine. Um, Spinebuster by Jarrett for uh, Snow with a, a DDT, you know, just a, a few moves here and there. Because um, both these guys, I think, know know how to work in a ring. Um, we've got Jarrett. Yeah, I think this is basically where we're going to finish, isn't it? Jarrett yeah, with yeah, uh, it distracts a ref. Yeah, um, Jarrett. I've got has head rather than yeah. Um, Snow has the guitar. Snow swings and misses. Jarrett connects with head. Um, the ref takes the guitar away as Jarrett goes again, but uh, Al Snow catches him. Snow strikes Jarrett with head. Uh, Al Snow moves on to face mankind. Um, yeah, uh, and Deborah looked really pissed off. She played that quite well. Um, yeah, she just looked absolutely furious. Brilliant. Um, I mean, again, it's it's one of these. You sort of touched on it earlier. It's a first round match. You you know, going into this, neither of these guys are going to be, I think, winning the belt here. Um, and it just sort of serves a purpose. And I don't know if you've listened to Bruce Pritchard's podcast on this, but he he um, he gets quite fuming about Jr. referring to head as being a wooden head. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, he did fun. say that. He's got that wooden mannequin head. It's like, no mannequins are made of wood, JR. <laughs> oh, JR. Anyway, we go, we go to Boss Man next round. Um, next round, next match of the first round, Big Boss Man. The, the, uh, they are the corporation at this point, aren't they? Yeah, um, I think it's maybe still to like fully take off, but yeah, it's uh, certainly in the in the process of being started up. I think they refer to him as Mr. McMahon's head of security, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's taken on Stone Cold, and the pop for Stone Cold is amazing. Ridiculous. Yeah. Just it's, amazing. It's, it, the thing is, this happened on every show. It's, it's just, you know, it didn't seem to wear off. No. Um, but yeah, every time I hear it, I'm just like, wow, because you're just, you don't hear that for like 99 percent of, of performers or anything close to it it's crazy that's class um again this i think this must be quite short mm-hmm. look to see how long this, this one is it must be uh, steve austin three minutes um yeah. again it serves its purpose uh, as i think austin's austin's straight in they're straight brawling um i've got big bubba Hits with a hits him with a low blow. I don't know why I'm referring to him as that. <laughs> uh, and he takes over. Then we get we we keep getting this sort of split screen, seeing um, Vince and, and like yeah. you say the Stooges, uh, big slots standing there, gurning in the background, enjoying himself. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the name Big Slots, but I'll get used to it. <laughs> uh, Basically, no, no much happens in this match until Bossman grabs his nightstick and starts going to town and gets disqualified. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and once he gets disqualified, he goes even farther to town. And JR is raging. Yes. Yeah. You know what it gets like with, with, <laughs> uh, with Stone Cold. Yeah, he's not happy with this treatment that um, 
that the boss man's given to to Texas Rattlesnake. His his boy, his boy Austin. Yeah, we get uh, a little backstage segment after as well with McMahon being. Uh, I think it's Michael Cole. Is it Michael Cole doing it? Yes, yeah. McMahon's, no frosted tips at this point. Yeah, McMahon's asked about Austin advancing. He's like, "You call that advancement?" Um, and McMahon kind of warns that there is more to come tonight for Austin. It's going to be tough for Stone Cold to win this tournament, I tell you. Have you ever seen him looking more smug? <laughs> He's good at that, though. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um, so then we go next match of the first round. We've got X-Pac. I want to say is European lightweight, light heavyweight. I think it's maybe? Yeah, I can't remember which one. He was. He had a belt. He had, yeah. he had a belt and they're they're rocking the at this point in time they're rocking the classic green and black um American football style suck it sixty nine uh, t shirts. Nice. And he is facing I've got William Regal here, but I think it might be oh. he's a real man's man. It is it's Stephen Regal. Stephen Regal It's the real man's I've got in my notes. Firstly, I've got winner here will face Austin in the quarterfinals. Then I've got, oh my God, it's the man's man, Stephen Regal. We've been told he was carnival fighting from age 16. <laughs> I totally started laughing at that. I was like, he's, he's English, so yes, he's been fighting carnivals. I've got, I can't believe it's 1998 and this is his gimmick. Like he's coming out in a hard hat and high vis. Is he wearing a high vis? Yeah. It- yeah, it's something like that. Um, I, I, yeah, and I remember. I can't think how how quickly they moved on from this, but I mean, he's, he's like a, a proper, you know, good wrestler and all that. Uh, he was this was never going to work. He's a real man's man. I think he got sacked not that long after this. Ah, uh, okay. And didn't then return he, until about two thousand. Then he comes back as William Regal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that that Gr mentioned here: X Pac's only twenty six at this point. That seems crazy. That's it mad. seems like he's 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 been there, he's been away and had a little you know NWO run, uh, and then he's 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 been back a wee while by this point as well. That just seems crazy. That's mad. Um, there's a point in this where Jr. calls he's referring to Blackpool as in where Regal's from, but he says Blackman, and uh, King says whatever you're on, you need to cut the dosage. GR doesn't appreciate this too much Um, we get a a little bit of wrestling in this match yeah uh, um, which you'd expect kind of with these two uh it's it's, it's a match to be honest if I heard they'd faced each other I'd think I'd watch that that'd be a decent match and a total contrast of styles and all that because you've got Regal's going for a lot of submissions and I think they talk about that they talk about his background in in that kind of wrestling, and you know we know X Pac will be going for the a lot of kicks, a lot of fast paced, uh, high flying moves, and things like that. Um, I did wonder if out with a tournament environment they could they could maybe have had a pretty good match the two mm. of them. Yeah. Um, in kayfabe, what what sort of, what is the Bronco Buster? Like um, just. Just his his bum like bouncing up and down your chest. I I, I think so. Yes. Yeah. It's a really shit move. Get, well, it seems like it would have really minimal impact on you. <laughs> that's because that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, your your legs are kind of going through. The, and yeah, you're just kind of I don't know, 
get a really light guy just bouncing up and down a little bit. Yeah. It's a weird move. I wonder, like, the origins. I'm going to have to type that into YouTube. The origins of the Bronco Buster. Like, somebody big doing it. Like a, mm-hmm. you know, like a, well, maybe no viscera, but like a, a bigger gentleman um, doing it. I can understand, but not a guy that looks like, you know, yeah. he, he weighs not very much at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, like, like you've said there, they, they do have a, a fairly decent kind of wrestling match. I've, I've got, there's a nice submission counter by x pack here, but I've got literally no other note to describe that, so that's not much use to anybody. Um, and Regal does a really sort of horrible looking butterfly suplex off the top rope, but it just kind of looks like he launches him by his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I've not got all that many like detailed notes either, uh, to be honest. Um, I've, I've got stuff about some stretches, some counters, things like that, um, head scissors. Uh, yeah, not a huge amount of detail. Okay. So they end up on the outside. They sort of start brawling. Fastest 10 count you've ever heard in your life? Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Must have been three or four <laughs> seconds out right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the bell rings. They've both been double counted out, which which is a tournament classic. Uh, Vince is unhappy because, of course, this gives Austin a bye. Um, so he sends big slots out there to to go for overtime. And X-Pac is not up for overtime and just keeps walking out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this was planned or unplanned or if he's legitimately hurt or whatever, but it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume they were they were supposed to have this moment in that Austin is going to get a buy. Uh, I mean, is, is, is Slaughter the commissioner here? Sorry, big so. slots. And so, he, yeah. he seems to have absolutely no authority. I mean, people are just <laughs> like, nah, nah, you know, right? And then, you know, X-Pac's like, I don't want to be in this tournament for the title anymore. I'm done. I'm out. There's even <laughs> refs coming out to help him. They're just like, we understand your problems. We'll help you. So, so neither of neither of these men go forward, and Austin gets a bye to the semis. Yeah, semi-finals. Straight to semis. Yeah. Uh, quarters. Oh yeah. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, he gets by the semis. He skips the quarters. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, next yes. up, so we're flying through these tournament matches, just like just like Vince Russo just planned. Like did. Yeah. Uh, Shamrock, Intercontinental Champion, looking fucking yes. ripped. <laughs> Uh, against Goldust, I want to see them, uh, throughout nineteen ninety eight when we've been we'd been watching these two seem to be involved with each other quite a lot. Yeah, it uh, definitely happened a lot. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm a big Shamrock guy. I always was. Um, not so sure if it would be if his comeback happened now rather than many years ago. But yeah, something there was always something about him. I've I've written, funny you say that about a few years later because I've I've written here in sort of ruthless aggression area. I feel like Shamrock could have been a legitimate contender, believable yeah. legitimate contender, um, mm-hmm. with the angles and Jericho's and Benoit's and and all that. Yeah, it's funny because I've actually got the words in my notes. I love Shamrock, so aggressive and so believable. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was confused by this match because both of them look. Gassed after like thirty seconds action, they were knackered. I don't know what that was. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know why, but I, 
I, I was surprised with that with Shamrock because I don't really remember that being a thing. And we've seen him have some quite long matches. We've seen him like with The Rock in quite long matches before. Yeah. Um, I just don't ever remember that really being a thing. But yeah, I think you're right. JR mentions about 4,565 times that Shamrock has uh, thrived in a tournament environment before. Um, just just in case you weren't aware that he's been in <laughs> UFC tournaments. i tell you what, he's not been thrown in, in UFC tournaments. That god-awful Hurricane Rana that he did off the top rope. Yeah. Like he six different stages. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah, if he'd, if he'd had his... Uh, Ruthless aggression era run. I, I would never have wanted to see him doing that. That would have just no ruined everything. Yeah. So basically, the, again, this is a five-minute-long match with Hurricane mm-hmm. Rana. Goldust is down. Sticks the ankle lock on. That's it. Yeah, it's mostly all like there's a couple of counters by Goldust. Uh, Shamrock's the the aggressor throughout most of the match. Um, he has a, a couple of attempts at going for moves and then he seems to decide he's going to go for the Shattered Dreams and the refs are being like, well that's going to be a DQ the ref <laughs> I can't remember who the ref is but when he's he's lining up for Shattered Dreams so Shamrock's in the corner um, exposed uh, not exposed but yeah um, and he, he goes to run towards uh, as if he's going to do the kick and the ref stands in front but puts his hands over Oh, yeah, I really liked that. It was just one of these little things that I'm looking, thinking, this true wee ref, but he's thinking, I've, I've got to take the hit, but I'm going to protect myself. <laughs> Class. <laughs> I've never seen the ref get in the way of the Shattered Dreams before. That was a new one. Uh, the, yeah. the generally, the refing on this um, pay-per-view is questionable at best. Yeah, there's, there's definitely... Oh, certainly one significant thing that I'll, I'll need to mention a little bit later on um, about the referee um, so that's Shamrock Shamrock's through to the next round and he will face the winner of the next match which when I saw it on the tournament bracket I was like yes we're going to get one of them we've we've not really because we, we missed out on SummerSlam 98 the, the classic Rock Triple H ladder match yeah, I couldn't wait. I could not wait. But before that, we get Michael Cole with um, with an update on on Steve Austin's medical um, status, and he tells us that Steve Austin is characteristically refusing medical help. Yeah, and that yeah. was it. That was it. So then we yeah. go to our next match. Probably the if you're looking at this bracket, you're thinking this is the, this could be the highlight. This might be the pay per view highlight. Um, the Rock versus Triple H. I feel really bad because, like, obviously, is it, this is just a year away from Brett getting screwed at Survivor Series, and I, I feel like you got screwed at, at, at this one. Ross screwed Ross. That's what happened. I got my <laughs> expectations. Classic, classic WWF. They swerved me. What can you do? So we get the Rock coming out, and he's wildly over. Like, I, th- I, I think. Um, from recollection, round about that SummerSlam time, the, the classic Madison Square Garden Highway Hell SummerSlam, I think the crowd opinion just seemed to switch on The Rock and he just mm-hmm. overnight became a uh, babyface, but he was still being the exact same as what he was like as a heel, which I really yep. liked. That all the yeah. arrogance is still there at this point. There's none of this sort of um, nice guy 
baby face rock, which yes. we, we talked about like SummerSlam 2002. It's just all a bit bland and boring. Yeah, this still really works. It just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's wildly over. And you can see that he's taken the step up to, mm-hmm. you know, like he's up there with Austin almost sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Tri- Triple H's music hit. And Briscoe and Patterson come down, crotch chopping, and they're having the time of their life. <laughs> Are they not? Yeah, and then uh, like I, I, I have to admit, I knew, I knew it wasn't going to be Triple H Did going you? into this. Uh, but I remember when his music hit, I was like, "Oh, I love that that music for Triple H. It was brilliant." Um, I think there's been a couple of references as well that McMahon does not want Rock as champion either. Rock and Austin are the two that he is not up for being his champion here but there's nothing quite like seeing Briscoe and Patterson cross job it's up there with me young cross chopper and uh, are you feeling up to (laughs) doing nothing for that (laughs) I'm no selling it are you you feeling up to doing a a Briscoe Mr McMahon impression I think you've done one before no I can't I can't remember what he says it like Mr. Mike, mine. That's it. There you go. <laughs> yep. Uh, so they say, aye, go on, they say that there's, he's no showed. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of weird. Like, the, the whole segment here is a little bit weird. Briscoe said Mr. McMahon sent Triple H tickets. He was to be here, but he's no showed. I assume it meant flight tickets, not tickets to get into the, the building. Uh, that Mr. McMahon has told him he can fire, uh, fine, rather, Triple H. Um uh, but the the whole while JR's talking about the fact Triple H has got this injury, he was never going to be there. This this wasn't a thing. Uh, so so JR getting quite annoyed with the the Stooges. Um, <laughs> uh, Patterson says there will be no forfeit, and uh, Vince McMahon has found a last minute replacement. <sighs> We're going to get a second slice of Big Boss Man. <laughs> Get used to that music. <laughs> Here he comes again. And this is where it's kind of like watching the sixth sense for the second time. Because Bossman comes out and gets rolled up in the small package and it's over. And it's I think GR tells us later on it's a it's a record for the fastest match ever. Yeah. Five seconds, I think. Yeah. So four, so four, four he says. Four yeah. Um, yeah. And this is where once you know what's happening, it's just genius. Yeah. We'll talk about it then. But it's genius. Yeah. And then there's more to come as well. Yeah. Anyway, the rock progresses. He rolls him up and, and beats him in four seconds. So we've got the stages set. We've got our, our next round. So we've got Undertaker, Kane, Mankind, Al Snow, Shamrock, Be the Rock, and Stone Cold got a, a bye. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I feel like we're just like match after match after match, but that's kind of what it's like, isn't it? It's, got, it's really yeah. fast-paced. It is, which I think is the reason it kind of works. I, I can't remember when it was. There's a, there's a WCW tournament from way, 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 way back that just seems so slow and plodding. Um, and I think if you're doing this kind of thing in the one night, you have to be fast-paced. You just have to keep going. And, and you, you probably do have to make most of the matches pretty short and sweet. Aye, um, aye. Yeah, so I think they've they've done this the right way for what it is. Yeah, and it's funny because we talked about King of the Ring '93 and we both loved it. And you do mm-hmm. have longer matches like uh, yeah, Brett, Brett Perfect's like an absolute uh, mm-hmm. classic. But um, yeah. 
much more guys on the card here, and they're just sort of firing through them. Yeah. Uh, so we've got Undertaker Kane, and obviously you've talked about what's all went on between them. Paul Bearer's back with The Undertaker, which was a little bit different because I expected him to be with Kane, I want to say, last time we were watching in 98, it was with Kane? Yeah, he'd it, it, it had time with Kane and then they'd aligned and then I think they'd basically kind of screwed Kane, uh, Undertaker and Bearer. Um, and I couldn't, just by the look and feel and the music and all that, this must be Ministry, uh, nice. Ministry of Darkness, just, just kind of starting up maybe here. Um, I like this version of Taker. Yeah, so did I. Um, I always felt like they, they, they maybe just didn't quite go the right way with it, but I, I feel like there was a really interesting character in there. Um, but yeah, I, I was a little bit confused because I was thinking, okay, so if Undertaker and Kane aren't aligned here, does that mean Kane's a babyface? And I think he's, he's kind of maybe transitioning a bit um, to, to that. But uh, yeah, the... Not having watched, like I didn't watch any like Raw before it or anything like that. Um, I wasn't sure if we were properly into a big rivalry between Undertaker and Kane, or if this was just it, kind of just really starting to, to take flight. Right. I want to say they these two went at WrestleMania fourteen. Okay. Which was yeah. obviously earlier in this year. Yeah, um, that sounds right. And then yeah. obviously they've been involved. With Triple threat match with Austin, and then the next pay per view they went against each other. So they've probably had quite a lot of matches. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I felt when I watched this. I've seen them have better matches, but it's yeah. all it's all part of the bigger picture. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things that I have got notes on. That there's one point Undertaker goes for a figure four. Yeah, and at this point, and I knew he, he ended up years later with with did they call it Hell's Gate. Hell, he had a submission say, move. The origin for for Hell's Yeah, game. but I didn't ever remember him before that ever really putting any submission moves on. It was quite strange to see. <laughs> he was quite out of character. Yeah, um, there's a point where Kane, you know, Kane used to do his his clothesline off the top rope. He would do the mm-hmm. big sort of diving thing. He walks to the he walks to the rope and just leapfrogs over the lo- over the yeah. rope. Yeah, yeah, he's an agile Sorry. guy. <laughs> For, for the size of him, yeah. Um, it looked like Kane had this one. I want to say cho- it's choke slammed Undertaker. Um, yeah, I think that's just when they so they go for a choke slam together, and and Kane kind of gets the better of that exchange, right. um, and and he executes the choke slam. But at that point, Paul Bearer gets up on the turnbuckle just to distract Kane for for long enough. Kane knocks him down quite quickly, but. That's uh, Undertaker up, and he's able to lift Kane into the the tombstone uh, from that point. I think I'm the same. Seeing them definitely have better matches, but it's a tournament. It has to be fairly quick. It's a big man match. Um, it was it was fine. I thought. And Paul Bearer, as uh, Kane's been pinned, Paul Bearer holds his leg down. <laughs> yeah. Um, to get the one two three, that makes all the difference. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Undertaker's going to face The Rock. Undertaker. Oh, spoiler alert! Come on, we still got Shamrock The Rock to go. Oh no, I'm so sorry. I put that in my notes. <laughs> Why did I put it in my notes? <laughs> I shouldn't have even known that was going to happen. <laughs> they probably said he'll face the winner of Shamrock The Rock, and I thought, eh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's like say Taker through. He'll fight. Aye, winner of Shamrock V Rock, and you yep, just sorry. told everybody. I'm sorry, everyone. 
Good um, thing it's not a watch along. <laughs> Mankind Al Snow is our next match, and um, this one's got a bit of an extra uh, little bit of little bit to it. As uh, what what is it? I, I, I don't know the backstory, but uh, the, so, you, you look like you do know the backstory. So, are, you, are we talking here about Head and Mister Soko? And Soko uh, yeah, so. The, the, when the match starts, we can see it in the last match, and we see it here um, that Head is is wearing Sokko as a sweatband, and I don't know if it's ever been referenced at any point in the build up or if anything was shown at any point in the build up. But as it turns out, this was done by Vince McMahon to to try to get some sort of reaction from from mankind. Yeah. Um, he he basically wants him to fly off the handle uh, at Al Snow so he'd, he'd maybe already figured out how these brackets were going to go he maybe had absolutely no confidence in Jeff Jarrett you know just thought Al Snow's <laughs> going to beat him um, you know he did know that Mankind was going to win his match against the, the mighty uh, Dwayne Gill but um, yeah he, he's he's done this to to get I think some rage from Mankind to, to help him get over the line and, and do what it took to win this match and it cuts to him again. Um, uh, Stooges and big slots, and, and Vince says, wait until Mick sees the sock on the head or something like that, doesn't he? <laughs> Evil genius. Um, I've got another another quibble with the officiating here. Al Snow uses a, a chair here and doesn't even get disqualified. Yep. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. I, well, what, what I wrote in my, in my notes were, Snow with two chair shots to the gut and swings at the head that misses and hits the post. Surely that should be a DQ, but the ref doesn't give a fuck. Vince <laughs> surely would want a DQ here so that mankind's exactly. through nice and easily. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it being maybe the, the era where we're heading towards these, you know, rules don't really matter. They're not a thing. It's much more entertaining <laughs> to see people get cracked in the cranium. Um, <sighs> There's a good bit where mankind discovers Head sitting in the corner there and he sees that Mr. Socko is... I don't know if it's Mr. Socko at this point, just Socko tied around Head's head. Um, And instead of attacking El Snow, he attacks. By God, he's attacking that wooden head! It's not wooden. Um, He attacks. He's given given, uh, Mr. Head. He's given Head some some straight punches. He's going at him. Yeah. I did write, I thought it was quite entertaining to see him attacking the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, I thought, oh, well, Al Snow's going to capitalise here on the distraction, and, and that's Vince's plan. Screwed. This wasn't what he intended at all. But uh, there was a, a, a powerbomb, uh, but Mankind kicked out kicked out too. And uh, we go to, well, I think it's the finish sequence. Yeah. Double arm DDT. Then puts on Mr. Sokko. Uh, mandible claw for the submission win for Mankind. And, uh, oh, I can say the next one. That's fine. He will go on to face uh, Austin in the semi-finals. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they'll be happy campers. Or will they? I think they will, because I think they'll be expecting Austin still to be injured from the boss man's attack and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Next match. Uh, it's a match matchup that we liked when we were watching through some of these earlier pay-per-views. I think Royal Rumble and WrestleMania this year. Yeah, they had two quality matches. 
uh, and they both had great finishes in them from what I can remember as well. There was the Brass Knucks one and there was another sort of ingenious finish, but I can't remember what. Can you? Ah, yeah, there was. Oh, that's going to annoy me now. It's the Brass Knucks one that's in my head, but Mm. yeah, there was another with... Was it that Shamrock just wouldn't release his submission and the ref overturned the decision? Possibly, aye. Yeah, I think that was it. I think he wouldn't release the ankle lock after he'd been declared winner. Aye, and the, and the reverse, that, like you say, aye, that's right. So we've got Sham, yeah. Shamrock v The Rock. Uh, I've probably written what I write every time we've watched these two. These two have great chemistry. These two are great together. They just seem to... That way where they flow off the ropes and all that, it just goes, mm-hmm. just goes, just flows lovely. Yeah. Um, Rock takes a hard shoulder in the stairs on the outside and they get into the ring. Shamrock sticks on a sleeper and I was like, oh, they're really slowing this down. It's the first match to like sort of slow mm-hmm. things down. Uh, it becomes apparent why that is. The boss man comes wandering out, <laughs> gives a wee tap, tap, tap on the ring steps. And Shamrock is watching him like a like a like a dog. He yeah, right round the ring, and Shamrock follows him almost the whole way around. Mm-hmm. It's a funny one because you know this the story that he is there to help Shamrock, but he does not look like he's he's happy with the situation, Shamrock at all. Nah. Um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's quite a there's there's quite a few decent segments. I mean, you know, these the, this isn't one of their. Very, very good matches between the two. But uh, they, they have a few okay interactions. But I don't know at what point Bossman comes down. It all felt like it happened quite quickly again. But I've got it in my head. This is maybe a little bit of a longer match than quite a few of the others that have been before. Might not be long, long. This is at eight minutes. So okay, we're, we're looking at Iron Man as far as this is concerned. <laughs> um, we've got... Uh, stuff. Sorry, go on. Uh, we've got Shamrock uh, getting the ankle lock on, mm. and um, I, d- I don't know why, right? But it felt like seeing that run. Obviously, the Rock, the previous run for the over the Intercontinental Belt, the Rock was the heel, and he was in the nation and all that. But I felt like he was maybe always a little bit. We talked about the finishes, but always kind of lucky to escape and just gets out of there alive and all that. But I thought they, this time, I assume it's because he's he's elevated and he seems elevated. He got a lot of offence in this match and they had him not tap out of the ankle lock because when it's on, he gets to the ropes to break it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like Shamrock's reaction, actually. He's, he's, he's screaming no when The Rock has got there to the ropes. He's, he's, he can't believe that he didn't make him tap out with it. <laughs> um but yeah, I think it probably is just a reflection of where the Rock is now compared to where he was then. That they've they've made him look strong in this match, even though there's a little bit of a well, a, a fluff finish coming up. Yeah, I expected when he got him in the ankle lock, I expected shenanigans with the boss man, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't come. And, and like you say, he got to the ropes. Um, he sort of turns things around and he gets a bit of momentum going. He hits, <sighs> don't know what version of the elbow people's elbow people's um, elbow yeah at this point shamrock kicks out at like two and three quarters and i was stunned i thought yeah. that might have been it as mm-hmm. well yeah that was yeah. enough to put away cm punk when he was a champion but no mm. shamrock yeah. he has he does of course have experience of the uh, tournament environment so could be that yeah yep and then we get an amazing finish like again going back to this whole genius game plan deadly game plan you might say adam this is so good. Hey, this, this is a brilliant finish. 
it's so well done because there's a lot could have gone wrong here. Aye. So the the boss man gets up on the apron and he the ref goes to him and the boss man is going to throw the nightstick, attempting to throw it to Shamrock to use, get the match done, eliminate the rock. The rock catches it. Now, the throw could have been off. You know, there's all kinds of things could have gone wrong here, but it worked perfectly because it actually looked like he threw it intending for Shamrock yeah. and the rock just managed to reach out and grab it. Yeah. He just pops up in between them and just mm-hmm. it grabs it almost right at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, that's brilliant. Like you say, yeah. I, th- I feel like everybody involved just did it perfectly. They must have practiced that because it's so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so he intercepts it. He the the only thing that I had issue with in the whole bit was the rock when he throws the night stick away, <laughs> throws it right past the ref. <laughs> like just right past him. Um now the ref is facing the other way, but he's trying to see this night stick just flying past him out of nowhere, turns around <laughs> and shamrocks KO'd. Um but yeah, it was the only thing I thought there's there's three other sides of the ring he could have just thrown that out of and you know, it would have just played that element a little bit better. But apart from that, it was just so well done. Oh, it's class. So the Rock gets the win, and he'll go on to face the Undertaker. Yeah, and we know that he's facing Undertaker because Paul Bearer cuts an incredibly weird promo with Michael Cole about the only Rock the Undertaker like in his granite tombstones or something. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird, and then. Yeah, he's just screaming that the Undertaker will walk out as champion. It's yeah, it didn't do much for me. No, it was a bit of time filler. Um, yeah. So we get our first championship match on the card. Our first non-tournament match, uh, and that's the aforementioned women's title match between Sable and Jacqueline. Um, Shane O'Mac is refereeing this. He's been demoted to being a referee, a lowly referee by his dad after screwing the pooch and, and giving Austin this five-year contract. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that I did like about this, <laughs> that makes it sound like there's no much to, to have liked, which is accurate. But the thing I liked is they're having a wrestling match. You know, like it's not a bikini yeah. contest or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, true. Um, I think Jacqueline came up in the territories. I actually meant to go and look look in her background because I, I think she's quite well respected as far as women mm-hmm. wrestlers go um, yeah. and I think she gets a lot of credit for getting a half decent match out of Sable here. yeah yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right I've heard people talk about it before and, and maybe she wasn't maybe the happiest to be doing it but she was very professional, did the job and put the person over that mm-hmm. needed to be put over um, yeah that, there's, what did you make of Sable hitting, well, the Sable bomb, I suppose, on Mero on the floor? No. That looked <laughs> terrifying. That was yeah. like Nash powerbombing the show. <laughs> I was terrifying. watching it thinking, you know, this is that, that is such a dangerous <laughs> thing to do. Um, yeah, I assume they are together at this point. I think um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Scary stuff. It's like as soon as she starts putting the move in motion, there's no stopping it. You have to go all the mm-hmm. way through it. It's just, oh, it's quite crazy to see. Yeah. Um, what do you think Mark Mero's thinking when Russo pulls him aside and tells him, and I probably know Russo actually be like whoever the agent is or whatever, but tells him mm-hmm. that that's what's happening in the match. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I bet you're you're thinking, I wish I'd never invited her along to that intro meeting. You, know, just, <laughs> <sighs> you just stay at home, I'll be back in a few days. <laughs> Class. So, yeah, like you've mentioned there, Marmy Rose with Jacqueline, um, him and Sable, I assume they've carried on this whole storyline of her taking the, the, the limelight away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's back in, in Jacqueline and he starts getting involved in the match. She slips out, kicks him in the nuts and and power bombs him on the outside. But does it all come back to... Does it all come back to... No, I can't remember who wins. I've not got who wins this match. Sable wins. So, oh, does she? Uh, yeah, you've got uh, Jacqueline tries a tornado DDT. Sable counters by just kind of throwing her halfway across the ring. Um, and then uh, Sable hits the, the Sable bomb to, to win the bell. It, you know, the, the end sequence puts her over strong. Um, yeah. And when she when Jacqueline's going for that DDT and Sable throws her, I mean, no doubt there was a lot of work done in that sequence by Jacqueline because she goes <laughs> flying, um, which which makes Sable look very strong. But yeah, I mean, they, they obviously wanted to put the, the title on her. Um and she was, you know, pretty central to their their TV programming at the time. So yeah, I think it's her. I think it's her first title win there. Right. I've not got who won the match, but I have got that this is JR's second mention of catches catch can. Oh, wow. <laughs> this isn't going to be your catches catch can match, folks. <laughs> so so Sable wins. Sable is the new women's WWF champion. Yeah. And, um, if we could have it all back, I'm sure we would follow her illustrious reign as women's champion on this podcast. Could be something for us to think about, Adam. Mm, yeah, that would be your pick, I think. Okay. For the yeah. men who want to see me and the. Oh, I can't remember. What's that? What's she say? This is for the, the women who want the, to be me. The the men who came to see the the women who want to be me and the men who came to see me. That's there it. Cool. The grind. Yeah. Yeah. Sable's voices. Yeah. yeah. Not good. Not the easiest. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Semi final. Semi final time. Can you believe we're here already? Shit's getting real. We've got uh, the corporate pick mankind and he's still in his tuxedo because all he's had is that two second run out against Dwayne Gill um, against a clearly injured Stone Cold Steve Austin he's favouring his ribs I think um, yeah he's kind of he's got an arm just kind of hanging and they speculate I think there's maybe a few injuries on the go there right. uh, after that horrendous nightstick attack but that doesn't hurt it is indeed and that's I'm sure exactly how GR sold it as well uh, mm-hmm. he but this doesn't stop him. We all know what Austin's like. He goes straight down the middle and, and straight for mankind, straight into brawling. Um, we're pretty much, you know, within a minute of the the match starting, and, and Vince and and all his buddies come out to ringside. Yeah, it happened quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they end up. Ah, oh, that this is a great bit. Austin almost hits the stunner. Mankind hits the deck and sprints Olympic hundred meter style from the ring all the way up the yeah uh, up the thing. Yep, up the ramp. Seen yeah. this before. He's just flying. Yep. <laughs> but uh I think he's the, in bare the, feet the, as well, at sorry. that point. 
yeah, at that point, the, the Stooges are, are trying to talk him out of just walking out and quitting the match because basically that obviously puts Austin into the finals. Um, and now Austin just walks up the ramp and starts taking out the Stooges uh, and uh, goes to pile drive Mankind on the ramp, but Mankind backdrops him. But yeah, because you're not, you're not even used to seeing Mankind move at that kind of speed at any point. He's, <laughs> he's not that kind of character. It was quite funny. It's funny, especially when I mean, you know Austin's uh, pissed off, pulling off his jacket, his cumberband or whatever you want to call it, and and uh, he's rips off his shoes and all that. So he's flying up there with bare feet. It's funny. Mm-hmm. And Austin, like you say, Austin takes his um, classic backdrop on the concrete, which I'm never. I hate seeing. Yeah. Uh, mankind. We eventually end up in the ring. Mankind's got him in a sort of cobra clutch type mm-hmm. manoeuvre and big slots is just berating Austin at ringside, telling him to quit. I wondered if he would be like proper invested because it was the camel clutch. Maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never uh, thought about that at the time. <laughs> Where do we go? For, I've, I've got from there that Austin's kind of forgot about selling these ribs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, it's probably just adrenaline, Adam. That's all it can be. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's kicked in. Yeah, yeah. Foley grabs a chair. Austin kicks it in his face. Uh, double yep. arm DDT onto the chair, but Austin kicks out. Yep. And then, like, th- this is where this just completely to shit. Austin hits a stunner, and uh, Mike Kyoto's counting the one, two, three, and, and Vince. Vince dives out of his wheelchair and just grabs Mike Kyoto and launches about the ring. Yeah, there's something not right as well about the way that all happens. Like <laughs> the refs may be in the wrong position or something. There's <laughs> something looks wrong with the way that all happened. Yeah, yeah. It, it really does. So, so this is where this bit. I, I really like this part of it. Austin hits a stunner again. There's no ref, and out of nowhere, we've got. Our night in shining black and white. Shane McMahon comes flying down and slipping into the ring. One, two, he stops. It's, it's like everything that Shane does, it's so exaggerated. One, uh-huh. two, and then the double fingers. He's so happy with himself giving us yeah. the double fingers. I did I did like his because you know his, his reactions are always going to be over the top. And he's so like um the, the, the way he even pauses before, you know, he delivers the fingers like he just wants to make sure Austin's looking at him and all that. And then he does the fingers and he's got this massive smile. And then all of a sudden he realises that there's there's just a very angry Austin there. And uh, he's he's not going to be able to get away. <laughs> so, so he, he so, again, this, this is quite a funny bit. He, he covers away at the corner and mm-hmm. Austin sort of half arse plods over after him, he's shouting, and Austin turns round expecting to be what looks like expecting to be attacked. Mm-hmm. And, and what apparently happened was the boss man was supposed to be out here. Do you know this? Yeah, yep. yeah, Austin, I heard it on the podcast. Yeah, boss man was supposed to be out here assaulting Austin, so Austin's turned around expecting to get hit with a nightstick. Apparently, boss man's in the back getting told uh, his like, what's, what's the next steps for him? for I think it must be for the final. Yeah, it must be. Or for Undertaker versus Rock. Yes, it is. It's for Undertaker mm-hmm. versus Rock, which is the next match. Cause I'm only noticing that because I've got, for fuck's sake, here comes the boss man again. <laughs> um, 
So he's not there. So they improvise, and Briscoe hits this god awful <laughs> Hulk Hogan esque chair shot that looks yeah. like it would new rock your granny. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they say on that podcast that it's it's basically he, he's looking thinking I've got to hit you know the the guy that's raking in all this money for us. I know I can't hurt him. I cannot hurt him. <laughs> so, but he goes far too gentle on the chair shot. We love tap. <laughs> And then that's it. Shane counts to three. Mankind pins them. Shane counts to three, and they all hightail it. Hightail it. Is it at this point that they hightail it out the building? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they all go to the back, uh, and I think they get they get in a, a limo and drive off, and then Austin basically just steals a car to chase yeah, after Grand them. Theft Auto, some guy out the car and goes after them. How many times have yeah. you seen Austin doing that? <laughs> <laughs> uh. So that's Austin Funny. screwed. He's out the tournament, and mankind is off to the final. And we think that that's Vincent Crew done for the night as well. Yeah. So, next semi-final, Undertaker versus Rock. Um, let's have a look and see how long this one went. Because this felt like it went a little bit. No, eight minutes. Again. <laughs> Uh, another long one. You could uh, you want to talk through this one? This semi-final. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, I've got immediately the the fight breaks to the outside uh, after a little bit of back and forth. Uh, Taker hitting a big clothesline. Um, they, they eventually get back in the ring with Taker in, in full control. Um, but the the rock counters with a a boot. That Taker again quickly back on top. Felt like he was in on top for, for quite a bit of this match. Mm. Um, the Rock seems to do one of these Andre the Giant classic, gets his arms caught in the ropes, but I don't know quite how caught they ever really were. Yep. And he certainly made sure that they looked caught in the first instance. Um, but yeah, so he's basically defenseless, tied up in the ropes. Um, and uh, Taker's taking some advantage of that. Um, but as Taker then runs in, the Rock's untangled himself uh, and backdrops uh, Undertaker to the floor. Um, the fight on the outside for for a bit and, and into the crowd. Um, got Taker charges the corner, but Rock moves, they exchange punches. I'm assuming they're back in the ring at this point. Um, Rock hits Taker with a Samoan drop. Um, I like classic that. staple, yeah. Um, and then we've got your 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 favourite boss man coming down to ringside. <laughs> Did that one not annoy you more than the uh, the deadly game theme? No, I like boss man's music. Okay, okay. Even when you hear it what, four times in a night, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like the old NWO shows, uh, the WCW <laughs> and NWO era. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the Rock. It's a DDT, um, and then I've got a hits a, a low blow and berates the boss man. Um, the Rock goes for the people's elbow, but boss man grabs his leg as he's coming off the ropes, and Undertaker gets a chance to set up. Undertaker takes advantage, but then he nails the boss man. Undertaker just takes out the boss man. Yeah, thank God somebody uh, does. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, the Rock hits a clothesline. Stands over Taker, but then Taker just grabs him by the throat. And then we've got Kane coming down. It kind of feels like Kane sort of teleports in for somewhere. It just it seems to be suddenly in the ring. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how much of him actually arriving. You see, he's he's basically just getting in the ring. First point you see him. Um, and then he chokeslams the rock. So 
that is going to be a disqualification for Undertaker. It was obviously intentional by Kane. Eliminate Undertaker from the tournament. And then uh, Kane and the Undertaker start fighting. Um, they, they fight to the outside. It felt like that was going on a, a wee while, actually, uh, with the, the camera following them them fighting. So I'm assuming they are sort of continuing their way into a, a programme uh, between each other, as they, they very often did. Um, so yeah, it's going to be The Rock going into the final against Mankind. Tremendous. We get a, a little, very quick interview with Mankind, with Michael Cole. He seems to think that Lady Luck is shining down on him, if you smell what the mm-hmm. sock is cooking. Uh, he's still just playing this sort of simple, gullible... Oh. Yeah, he says he's, he's just got one more rock left to climb. Nice. Um, and then we get... Now, last time we did a, a pay-per-view, we had a triple threat tag team match. And um, I wouldn't have said it was a drizzling shits, but I would say that this triple threat tag team match was a drizzling shits. This was a breather for the fans, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, God. This was yeah, really, this, this, really bad. It wasn't good. It, how, do you know how long it lasted? Yeah. Too long, but... Uh, uh, Ten minutes. So we've got the, <sighs> the tag champions, the New Age Outlaws, I think, they defend in. Yeah. Um, yep. Against the headbangers, Thrasher and Mosh, and D'Lo and Mark Henry. I don't have, I yep. really have initially, I like the Outlaws, I like D'Lo and Mark Henry. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. love the headbangers, but. Yeah. Yeah. You would look at this and expect it to be better than it is. Um, I did notice Road Dog and, and Billy Gunn, their, their intros still uh, very over here. I don't know how long they've actually been going with it at this point, but yeah. it's, get, it's getting a good reaction here. Um, and we see that there was, I don't know, on heat, a backstage brawl between all of them. All right, okay. Nice. Um, yeah. And then uh, we hear something about Mark Henry having filed a sexual harassment lawsuit against China. China, yep. Yep. Um, Dilo's rocking his chest protector here. Nice. I, I was a big fan. I was a fan of that that story and that gimmick. Um, we hear something. I, I wish I'd seen the point at which this happened because I have memories of it being explained why this existed. Uh, for this type of match, there's something called the outlaw rule in effect, meaning <laughs> partners cannot pin partners. Um, so I assume at a point that uh, Road Dog or Billy Gunn have pinned each other um, to to win a match, which seems that. That's a cool. bit different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that 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 will not be permitted in this match. Um, you can you can no, you can't tag. I was going to say, but you can tag your own partner, obviously. But yeah. two men seem to be allowed to be in the match at the same time. Like they could, yeah, both I, partners could be the legal men or something like that. It's really? Confusing. Yeah. So I was I was getting confused early on because I was thinking right. Are three men to be in the ring at all times and then I was thinking right so does it have to be one from each team and I didn't feel like we were getting enough information really <laughs> um, but it just I don't know maybe they just thought it's a shit show anyway so it's it's fine um, yeah this this just didn't work it's no good there's a point where there's genuinely about five people in the ring and Mark Henry goes for a bear hug Um <laughs> <laughs> genius ring IQ from Mark Henry going for a mission move where there's about 20 other guys that could break it up uh, uh, 
Road Dog is in this match for a hell of a long time. Yeah, he, he takes he's a beat basically, the Yeah, he, he takes a beat in the entire match. And regardless of who else is in there, he's in there and he's he's taking punishment. Um, but it's just no, there's no, that's the only real element of any kind of story that's being told in the match. Um, yep. There's kind of nothing else. Um, no. Can I tell yeah. you what I've got for the finish? What have you got? Uh, Billy Gunn, pile drivers, beaver cleavage, and it's all over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I yeah. always want to call one of them Chaz. Was one of them Chaz? Like later on? Was Mosh? Oh, maybe. Chaz. He was a beaver cleavage guy, though, wasn't he? Yeah, I think that might be right. So in here, they were Mosh and Thrasher, yeah? Ah. Uh, I'm sure one of them was called. Anyway. Yeah, someone was called Chaz. Beaver cleavage. <laughs> I just like saying beaver cleavage. That's that's become clear over the last minute or so. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that over and done with, we've got our main event, our tournament Here final. We We're finally going to get a new WWF champion. I want to say it's a new belt, but maybe the Smoking Skull belt, mm-hmm. the one that they previously were. Going, which was always cool. I mean, I've seen that when uh, Austin does these smoke and skull sessions. Yeah. So we've got were the you, new, new winged eagle guy. Sorry, go on. <clears throat> were you a wee bit emotional at the start here because we get some backstage footage, Vince and Shane, they're still here, but they're they're kind of wishing the boss man well, you know, job well done. He's he's away for the now. It seems like he's screwed up a hell of a lot, but he's <laughs> he's, he's away for the night. He's, he's done. Um, we're not going to see him again. It's over. I mean, it's a job well done as far as... Well, it is a job well done. As far Austin's as. not in the final, so, yeah. And and for the two finishes of The Rock, he's played his part perfectly. Yeah, yep, that's well true. played the boss, man. I wonder if he's been, like, triple paid. Yeah. That night of work. Anyway. Anyway, Mankind versus The Rock. And these two have got a a hell of a history. I, I wonder if this is early on. Or this is, of course, before their their Rumble match, 99, mm-hmm. Halftime yeah. Heat, uh, yeah. all, all those sort of crazy matches. But, um, yeah, this is a good one. This is a, this is a good one, although obviously the, the, the finish leaves a lot to be desired. 17 minutes to go. Yeah, it's a bit more paced than than the other matches. You know, you you know, I think you could tell quite early on it was going to be a bit longer. Um, they're they're both a little bit cautious early mm. on, but in a mm. in a believable, logical way. Um, and yeah, I, I was obviously you're waiting for Vince and Shane making their appearance, which I think does again happen quite early. Early doors. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, these these two are another pair who they tend to have pretty good matches from memory. Mm-hmm. Oh, it basically involves The Rock, you know, straight up assaulting Mick Foley quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like when he tries, when, when, when Foley goes to hit him with the stairs and The Rock just rattles the <laughs> stairs with a chair multiple times. Yeah. Uh, Mankind gets back body dropped from the crowd back into, back over the barrier. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a nasty chair shot to mankind's head by the rock, um, which you know we've uh, 
think we've we've talked about on other podcasts before some of the chair shots to the head. Is there? I don't remember that in this match, but I that's yeah. Surprising. It's the 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 noise it made. I was a bit like, yeah. It's just a talking to from Errol Hebner. He's he's not going to disqualify him here. And I think Jr. at this point mentions he's the, the referee's going to let things go a little bit longer because this is the final. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the, their excuses is for the the other matches, but yeah. I've got here the mankind hits a leg drop on the commentary table. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, um, I, I do have a few more notes uh, about some of the moves. Leg drop on the announced desk covers for a two. Um, back drops the rock uh, over the top rope to the floor. Um, got a rock hitting a, a nice DDT kind of out of nowhere. Um, oh, mankind throwing the it goes like all the way round, round the back of it. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that move. Brilliant, that. Um, yeah, I think uh, we've got Mankind going through the announce desk um, off the top turnbuckle. Uh, the Rock moving off when he's he's going to drop an elbow on him. Um, we've got double arm DDT by Mankind. And uh, I suppose if you're, you're watching this without any awareness of, of what's coming, you know, or, or what's going to happen at the finale, uh I, I always lose the logic a little bit with how does Vince know when he has a, a favoured horse here that that guy's going to kick out of that move, but <laughs> not this move, you know, that that kind of thing. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Mankind putting on Mr. Socko and uh, locks in the, the mandible claw. And uh, the classic three-arm raise thing, which I uh, don't, don't think you see all that often uh, these days. Uh, rock uh, oh, the, uh, see, I know what you mean. I yeah, re- re- ref raises the arm three times, see yeah. if the guy's out. Uh, just holds it on on the third time. Um, rock breaking out and hitting a rock bottom, um, but it takes him a wee while before he can get the cover on uh, as he's recovering himself. So it's a two, uh, and then right into the finale. <sighs> yeah. What What do you think? Do you think this is cheap? So let's, let's let's talk about what happens. So the, the Rock looks at McMahon, raises the eyebrow, sticks the sharpshooter on, and uh, Vince does the whole Montreal ring the bell, damn it! And yeah. uh, like people, gen- you get the genuine feeling that people don't understand what's going on. Like, it's yeah. like people are excited that the Rock's won. It's almost like Vince yeah. has turned face for a, like uh-huh. a little second. Yeah, yeah. It, t- it takes a wee while. Um, I, I think, you know, with a, what one year on the actual finish, the calling for the bell uh, off the sharpshooter, all that, that that feels quite cheap, you know. Um, I get the screwing mankind for the storyline and having mm. The Rock be the winner. Did it have to be a sharpshooter? You know, it's it's just that, that kind of thing. Could he have screwed him in a different way and had The Rock win with a, a pin you know it could have been totally different yeah. uh, but I, I I think Vince would have thoroughly enjoyed uh, mapping out this way to be honest especially yeah. with relations the way they would have been at, at this time still I, I would have thought yeah and I think uh, the, 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 it's a bit like you know when uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan says but whose side is he on um, yeah. I, th- I think when they're coming out Jim uh, Jr. says something like, "We don't want any Montreal repeats in Montreal mm-hmm. or something." Like yeah, that. So he, he does. Pro- probably the case where he doesn't know the finish. Yeah, I did wonder about that when I heard it because I know, 
you know, a lot of the time you've heard announcers say beforehand, I don't want to know the finish and things like that. But I know JR at various times had other roles as well mm. as just being an announcer. So I was thinking it's possible he could have known, but then I don't think he would have said it if he had known. Aye, I think so as well. So, like we're saying there, it takes a little bit of time to realise what's happened. You get Vince and the, the Rock embracing and Shane's in there dancing about, enjoying himself. Um, and Vince grabs the mic and says that the people screwed the people, um, which is just like, like you say, it's kind of like him rubbing yeah. salt in the wound sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, that the people are all as gullible as mankind. Yeah, and it, you know, mankind, like I mentioned earlier, had been a bit sympathetic all the way through the show, anyway, in the sense that you never really blame him. Um, and this does, yeah, and this does make him feel. He, he, I, I came out of it feeling sorry for him. Uh, I think it's at this point where um, he, he he calls him dad or something like that, and they just don't understand what happened because. I wasn't pinned and I didn't submit. Uh, I, yeah, he's, he's, he's confused. And then the rock attacks poor mankind from behind and yeah. rock bottom takes him down. Um, and uh, I think that's Shane announcing that the McMahon family is proud to present the corporate champion, uh, the rock. It's I, I, I like the story. I do like the story. Uh, it's good. Um, and you know, yeah, just some of the some of the maybe slightly unnecessary digs, but um, I, I like the story. And you know, you well, you've got The Rock and Austin getting so over as baby faces. I do see the logic of having to do something with one of your two biggest stars to allow them to oppose each other uh, in a in a face v heel uh, manner. And you're not going to turn Austin heel, and The Rock just plays heel, like yeah, just a yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The glass and Austin comes back. We think that he's disappeared, but he's now he's back. Um, he attacks him and, him and the Rock go toe to toe. I think Austin hits a stunner, throws him out of the ring. Yeah, he does. And uh, just for good measure, Mankind gets a stunner as well. A poor bastard. Yeah. I know. I suppose it's the, well, you know. You screwed me with him in the last match, so you get what you deserve. But yeah, um, it's it's almost I suppose like the Hogan must pose of its day is uh, Austin with the stunners and standing tall in the ring at the end, um, finishing off the pay per view. I remember yeah. um, when I used to record them and then try and watch, you know, like watch the last match before going to school in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. And if you go too far forward, you would get like just like who's who's standing with the belt at the end. If I'd put yeah. that on, I would have thought that Austin won that whole tournament. I'd have been yeah. in for a shock. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but I that that wraps pay per view, and we spoke about it before. If you look back on it, you look at what happened with the Rock going through the tournament, and how he has been aligned with McMahon and Bossman and all that. It's genius. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very well done. It's very cleverly done. The story's well told because so many things that you might think early on, like would be a plot hole, can be answered by the fact. Well, they wanted Rock to win all along. Mm-hmm. Um, so even like say then I don't know the nightstick throw had gone wrong or something like that, and it had been obvious that it went to the Rock. Be like, well, you know. Here's your finish. They wanted him to win all along. Oh. Could have acted annoyed, but it was deliberate all along. Um, yeah, I, the only thing I wondered about was 
if you've got Vince and clearly Shane involved in this plan all along, do you think Bossman knew? Do you think he, you know, he was part of the the uh, the brain trust that were aware of of who their guy was to win all along? That's Happy to get pinned in in four seconds. Mm. That's a good question. But, I mean, in the end, it doesn't matter because you could pick either answer and it's still kind of workable within the, the story. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I liked how they did it. It's not, you mentioned earlier, you're not going to get your five-star matches here. It's uh, it's not that type of show. It's a storyline show. Um, it gets you where they want to be and where they need to be. It did it in an entertaining way. Yep. Um, I would say matches are fast paced the show felt quite fast paced um, yep. for one with so many matches on it so yeah it was good fun not a classic pay-per-view but it was it was pretty good I agree and how, how did it feel obviously you said this one of your favourite pay-per-views I think or you, or you held it in sort of high regard in a in a um, look in a nostalgia way yeah how, how was it uh, watching I, I still in I still enjoyed it, but I worry it's, it's got that slight, uh, I don't know, usual suspects feel to it where once you know the twist, it's never going to quite be the same again. Yeah. Um, but still entertaining. Yeah, definitely was. I enjoyed it. It was a good pick. So. 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 so, so. <laughs> uh, it's me up, isn't it? Yeah. What's next? So. Will I talk you through my thought process or will I just tell you? Because I, I think I've chose from between like six different pay-per-views. Um, I don't think you should tell me what the six are because it might influence a future pick. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go to a year that we've not been to yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to May of 2000. That okay. is WWF Judgment Day 2000. And just because we got screwed out of Rock Triple H, oh, I'm going to go okay. Judgment Day 2000, which has got a Rock Triple H Iron Man match, special guest referee Shawn Michaels. Oh, nice. Um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the rest of the card. Yep, go for it. Rikishi and Too Cool versus Christian Edge and Kurt Angle. Oh, nice. Who were quite good comedy, the three of them together. Yeah. Uh, triple threat European title match, Guerrero versus Saturn versus Malenko. Okay. And no holds, I don't remember this, no holds barred, falls count anywhere match, Shane McMahon versus The Big Show. Oh, my. Just sounds okay. like an opportunity for Shane to like fall off of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a submission match for the Intercontinental title, Benoit versus Jericho. Nice. Uh, the Dudleys DX, which is the Road Dog, the Road Dog, Road Dog and X Pack. Uh, nice Iron Man match, Rock v Triple H for the title. Michael's guess. That sounds good. That sounds good. I am looking forward to that. I, I like it's one of these shows. I, I, I will definitely have seen it. It doesn't immediately spring back to mind. Um, so I think it will be fun to to go back and watch again. Nice, cool. Well, I'll not, I'll not. Um, divulge any of my other picks I, I will tell you one because I'm probably not going to pick it because this is okay. definitely a nostalgia thinking that it was miles better than I guarantee it'd be shit if we watched it uh, Royal Rumble 1999 I was thinking okay. about picking with a okay. whole this was where this was the no chance in hell 
Royal Rumble, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm um, sure that's right. Yeah, uh, Rob Mankind with the Beyond the Mat, yeah, the headshots. Oh, that would have been hard to watch. To don't be honest, I, I genuinely yeah. don't know if I could watch that now. Yeah. Uh, so, but this this is a good one though. I'm I'm enthusiastic for this. This will nice. be fun. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, if you in of life, please uh, let us know if you enjoyed Vince Russo's 1998 tournament on Instagram at Outlaws Pod. And uh, until the next time when we talk about Judgment Day, Adam, you take it easy. You too. Thank you. And I shall see you soon. Cheers.